Blog Talk Radio. Carrie's Playhouse presents Kitten. house in the late 80s, very comfy with couches and tables where you can play chess or just talk to people instead of staring into computer screens and ignoring each other. Three people are on the couch talking very seriously. They are all very into the discussion as a waitress comes up to heat heat their coffee, which they have in actual ceramic mugs. Here you go. Look, I have studied this from every angle, every single angle, I tell you, and I've watched every show. I should know. No life. I'm with you every single possible angle. Look, I don't care what you guys say. Marianne was the sexiest thing on that island. No way. Ginger was the sexiest thing. Well, if you want to go for the obvious, mate, I mean... As they argue on, two women enter. Maddie is a friend of all the combatants around the couch. She smiles at her friend and rolls her eyes at their argument. The other woman is strikingly beautiful. She looks like she escaped from a Batman convention. She appears to be dressed as Catwoman. Everyone, hey, guys. All of the people on the couch stop arguing and look up at her. And silence falls. I would like you all to meet my new friend, Kitten McDowell. She's our new spiritual healer at the Enchanted Palace. Hello, Miss Kitty. Hey. (laughs) Greetings, all. Of all the men, it is obvious the one who is most enchanted is Mark. What do you advise on? I am a healer and promoter of the mighty cat goddess. It goes back to ancient Egypt, and many of the modern religious rituals are based on her cat cult. Well, as a matter of fact, I do know that. The group all stare at Mark, and he is embarrassed at Stanislaus' ground. Well, I do. I mean, I, I saw it on the Education Channel, and I found it fascinating. Really, really interesting. Um, uh, do you give uh, private readings? Oh, yes, indeed, I do. 
I have private readings and groups at my apartment. Would you like to participate? Yes, indeedy. Indeed. Indeed, diddly do. Shut up. Mark throws a pillow from behind him and hits John in the head. John throws it back and hits Mark in the face. While the pillow fight is going on, Maddie and Kitten sit in chairs across from them at a safe distance from the pillow fight. Boys, boys, peace and love, remember? Peace and love. Mark and John stop throwing the pillows but roll their eyes at Maddie. Kitten then gets up and sits next to Mark, knocking Tom off the couch. Maybe we could all go for a group reading? Well, you know, what what don't we uh forget that for a minute and I'll I'll try it out first, eh? Mm. What a great idea. Kitten's apartment. It is a cat haven. Everything is either cat material or shaped like a cat. All the statuary are cats. And there is a huge cat statue by the door. There are three cats in the apartment. Each has its own little throne that they are sleeping on. The couch is appearing to be a huge cat basket with lots of pillows. Sound of keys is... Kitten enters, followed by Mark. Here we are in my own private den. Yeah, it is certainly a den, all right. Mark looks like he's in a state of shock. Everywhere he turns and looks, there is some form of a cat. When he looks at Kitten, she seems to be transforming into a cat. Kitten curls up on the couch. She is stroking the furry arm and looks alluringly at Mark. Come on, Mark. Sit down. Get comfy. She pulls Mark onto the couch and curls against his side, stroking his hair. Interesting uh, apartment. (laughs) Perfect, isn't it? Kitten sits on Mark's lap and rubs her head against his shoulder, her nail gently scratching him behind the ear. He tries to get up, but she has him trapped. Mm, doesn't this feel good? Well, no, not not exactly. Look, Kitten, I thought we'd eat, maybe neck a little, but this Purina special. Meow. I thought we would get to know the inner us. You know there is a beautiful cat in us all. The goddess is within, and I suspect yours is very shy. Oh, shy? Yeah, it's hibernating. Look, kitten, I really appreciate your special interest, but my inner cat is a non-starter. Uh, I think you should forget all about him, and, I'll, and I will too. Mark finally slips from under kitten and runs to the door, but the huge cat statue is standing guard. He feels like it's about to attack him, and he screams. Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) That is my patron saint. 
you can see she is protecting us from intrusion. Yeah, and prevent escape. Would you please call a big kitty off? It slithers off the couch. She is pouting. She walks to a switch on the wall, which pulls the cat to the side of the door. Very well, Mark. You may withdraw. It is a shame. I am sure it is within you. Oh, thanks. Goodbye. Forever. Mark opens the door and runs as if the big statue of a cat was going to chase him. Kitten closes the door and looks at her icon. Too bad, my princess. It seems we have found another chicken within a cat suit. Mark and John's bachelor pad. It is the usual mess for two sloppy men living together. There is some good furniture, if you can see it under the clothes and empty pizza boxes and beer cans. John has a script in his hand and is practicing. No, your underwear is not white enough. No, your underwear is not white enough. Really, it's not... I can't improvise with this. That is how I lost my last job. Mark comes into the apartment. He does not look at anything but the couch. He throws the papers and pizza cartons onto the floor and flops down on it. He puts both hands over his face. Hey, so did the fur fly? Mark removes his hands and looks balefully at John. I guess you could say that. Really? Cool. How far did you get? Let's just say I barely escaped with my life as I know it. Intact. All right. It's not like that, you goof. Oh. Oh? Oh. Yeah. I ended up with furballs inside my mouth. John, really, this woman is weird. Like, scary weird, not cool weird. She actually thinks she's a cat. And she wanted me to find mine, my inner cat. I just shuddered and escaped from my life. I mean, this place looked like Catwoman's lair in Batman. Well, that is kind of cool. That is cool if you're at Batman Con, not on a date. No, this was truly frightening. John finally got it and was full of sympathy. Why don't you relax, and I will make you my famous bad date recovery dish. Spaghetti and garlic toast. Midnight? It's medicinal. Hey, what were you uh, rehearsing? Oh, that was a new commercial, but I am waiting for the sides for a revival of a play. I'm really excited about that. Oh, cool. What play? Uh, it's T.S. Eliot. Oh, which one? Cats. You bloody moron. Oh, flipping. We fade out as Mark chases John around the apartment with the eye of the tiger.
Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They are providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. I'm really excited because tonight we're going to talk to the cast of my play, Kitten. Kitten is a farce about a group of friends who meet a new girl. She's quite beautiful, but there's something a little different about her. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, Sherry. Um, so, what do you think of this farce? I, I don't think we've ever done a farce before. That's yeah, delightful. It's a, it's a fun little... It's it's fun. I, I like it. Oh. It, it it's delightful. Just all all it, over the place. Delightful. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the Fred Astaire mood. Um, <laughs> um let's go through the uh, the cast. Um we don't have everybody. So um I'll let's uh start with a Ray who plays two parts. Why don't you introduce yourself and your? Well, I'm Ray Brent. I uh, I'm playing John, and I also do the job of do the part of the narrator. Uh, John is a budding actor wanting to be out there, and he's got a few parts, but uh, he's he's just uh, yeah, he's out there. Uh, that's about all I can yeah. explain because it's a very. But, uh, he's he's uh yeah. he's he's an actor and he's a ladies man. You can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, he uh, he doesn't get the the girl, but uh, that's you know you win some, you lose some. Yeah, but he's a Lucario. He, he knows he'll get the next one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Uh, let's go with Michelle next. Hi. <laughs> I am Michelle Foster. Uh, why don't you I tell play... a little bit about your your character and what you think of her? Okay. Um. I play Maddie. And she is um, very much hippie, spiritual. Um, she's she's excited about this person coming in because you know it's something new. Um, I think she might be a little um, starstruck because of who it is and stuff. And so she's excited to introduce this woman to the group. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about her. No, that's good. That's good. It's perfect. Um, hi, Nick. Uh, why don't you tell a little bit about your character? Uh, so I play the character of uh, Mark. He's, uh, you know, he's he's quite the ladies' man. I think probably uh, thinks he's quite suave and a man of the world, but uh, I'm not sure he's quite ready for what he discovers uh, at the hands of. Uh, the kitten character, so <laughs> I'm not sure he has quite the stomach for uh, cosplay. Um, 
That's a perfect segue to today. Today mm-hmm. plays the lead character, the name of the show. Uh, I'm playing Kitten. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fun character because it, I don't know, it just she's, she's fun. Um, I, I get to make my animal sounds this time, but this time I'm human. <laughs> Yes, yeah, she's been our sound effects <laughs> for animals before. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been a cat in one of the plays and a dog in another one. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this time it's part of your character. <laughs> Don't give yeah, this, this time it's just part of my character. She's she thinks she's a cat, but uh, <laughs> she, she's a fun character to play. It's it's. I don't know. I, don't know. I, sit here, I sit here actually pantomiming while I'm doing some of the stuff, trying to to find her too. She's just kind of a fun little character to play. Yes, I think she's adorable. I love her. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I when I was writing her, I laughed my head off. Um, now, this is a farce. It's a, for, as I was saying with Ray, it's the first farce we've done. How do you guys feel about it? Uh, I think it's fun. Delightful. Yeah, it's It's definitely Um, fun. It's something different because we've we've done some really serious pieces. We've done some mm -hmm. horror. Um, This one is is kind of tongue-in-cheek and a lot of fun. Well, because it's comedy, you really get to play with timing. You know, I think that's one of the things mm-hmm. that's quite can be quite challenging in radio. Uh, you know, because you obviously are not in the room together, where we're all in separate places. But you know, going through rehearsal, I think that we're starting to get a grip of the characters now, so we're starting to get a really nice sense of pace uh, it, with the scenes, and it's starting to flow really nicely. Yeah, uh, it, radio and comedy are very interesting. I actually, I interviewed uh, Jess Oppenheimer, who was producer of I Love Lucy's Son, Greg, about his dad. He wrote a book about his dad that it was sort of co-written because his dad talked about I Love Lucy when it, um, when it was uh, My Favorite Husband and how it switched from the radio show to um, the TV series. And he was talking about how Lucy didn't feel really up to comedy because most of the comedy she did was slapstick with her body, and she wasn't sure how to do radio comedy. So Jess actually sent her to watch. At back then, you could go to broadcast of radio shows like Jack Benny, George Gracie, stuff like that. So Jack Benny was considered a master of radio comedy, and he sent her to school which was going to listen to Jack Benny do his thing. And even though no one can see you, it's like what Janae was saying, you're acting. You're still acting. You're acting in your living room, your bedroom, or wherever you're you're broadcasting from. But that's the whole point because you're using your body, you're acting, you're, you're making funny faces with your face. Even though nobody can see it, it makes the character stronger. And I think that's one of the things we're discovering as we're... We're rehearsing. Mm-hmm. All that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of a funny thing, you know. You find yourself 
throwing your arms around and making funny faces. People are just looking at you. Your family are looking at you in the background like, why are you doing that right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaning leaning in towards my computer or my phone because I'm supposed to be leaning in because, yeah, the movements help. The physicality, even though nobody can see what we're doing physically, definitely helps because, uh, yeah, because we are still acting. We're just, and, and we're not acting in a in a vacuum. We're just, we're we still have each other to play off of. But yeah, we have to. The movements and, and the faces and, and all of that just it really does help because you know that's part of acting is the whole. The whole thing, not just our voices and stuff those, like that. I think it's one of those funny things, you know, especially with sound effects and things, things like that, where you're able to actually put in some of the sound effects for certain scenes. I remember when we did Hamlet, there was a sword fight that we did that was basically different pieces of cutlery from the kitchen that we were using <laughs> to create the sword fight, you know. That's, Nick did that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Had a couple of Nick very did, good carving knives that made a great sound. But, um, yeah, yeah, and the thing yeah, is... We, we all kind of become... Well, um, yeah, we the do. thing is, acting is not only reacting to each other's voices, you're you're performing physically, even though no one can see it. It's a really cool thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say today? As Nick said, your family looks at you like you've lost your mind. In a way, in these radio plays, some of us become the fully experts. We we actually it's like what we don't what we don't find that's open source. We actually do find stuff that makes the right sound. So yeah, we we, we can add fully to our. Uh, Oh, absolutely. We do. I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were you saying, Ray? I, I was saying you, you, what Nick was saying about the family. The family looks at you like, and if you like, you're nuts. And in my case, if I'm yelling out something from the other room, I go, "Are you okay?" No, it's uh, uh, it's. You get a little bizarre. It, it, it does get bizarre. Um, yeah. I, I I wonder what my neighbors think, but they must be used to it by now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But, well, we only have that are near my bedroom where I do it. Uh, we only have downstairs neighbors, so I don't really think they can hear that much. <laughs> Now, I uh, I became interested in theater back when I was in high school. I was doing a show, and I, I'm always told that I got so involved with it that the whole school knew I was doing something. And you become so immersed in the character that it becomes like a second skin to you. Um, but it's interesting because, like, sometimes when you're doing rehearsal, um, like 
you guys come up with stuff that I've never thought of. Like um, one thing, uh, for example, Nick does a different accent than his normal accent, and that just came out of lines. Um, Want to address that, Nick? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, as you're sort of exploring the characters, I think you're always trying to find the right voice. I mean, in the past when we've done different plays, you know, we have done old people voices and sort of rather splendid aristocratic voices for different people that, you know, just seem to kind of come out when you're doing the character. You read the character and as you start to read it, it takes a minute to find the, to find the right voice. And so in this one, I, you know, it felt more like the sort of East End, sort of London accent uh, seemed to make the, the comedy a little funnier in certain uh, certain parts, you know. I was channeling my Sid James, for those of you who are familiar with the Carry On movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, you, you're you very good at helping yourself in um, your, your the different... You t- always talk different than you normally talk. Every single character is completely different from you, which is really a great talent for doing radio theater, Nick. Um, it, it's just amazing what you can do. Like like when you did that character in, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was Everett's play, Suicide Something. It may be in the show. Suicide Club. Will, no, Suicide Club. Yeah, based on the, yeah, uh, based yeah. on uh, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson. H. G. Wells. Oh, Robert Louis Stevenson. That's right. The voice you did in that was completely aristocratic and evil, yeah. and, and and and. But then you played parents in my play, Joe Cronus, which was almost pretty similar character, but completely different characterization, completely different voice, completely different accent. It, it, very cool. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Everybody in the cast is talented. Ray is doing something very difficult. He's being the narrator, and he's being a character, and he's talking to himself. Um, <laughs> Which uh, my kids think is normal anyway. I didn't it, really it is a challenge to find. It just kind of did, but I, but you've risen to the challenge. <laughs> it, it's uh, you know doing doing two voices, especially as a, an, a narrator, and they actually come on top of each other. You have to find a different tonality for that that voice, so that one voice is different from the other and that's the challenge now all of you playhouse and you've all done different characters do you mm-hmm. feel that doing the radio theater is giving you opportunity to play parts you probably wouldn't be cast in if it was stage on stage oh, definitely. Oh, definitely yeah I I, I and so I, I, know, I, uh, I know I look young for my age, but I certainly do not match some of these characters I am playing <laughs> at all physically. Yeah. Um, 
other than the uh, fact that I am female. <laughs> well, I, I've played characters that are nowhere near my age. When I say nowhere mm-hmm. near my age, I'm an old geezer is what I really am in real life. And the characters I've been playing are nowhere n- are anywhere from 10 to 20 years younger than I am. So it, well, it, that I, becomes a challenge. Well, I played a, I'm 40 years old and I played, how old was Josie in Thieves' Tale? 15 or something? Yeah, we were really young in there and I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be 52 in November. So. <laughs> yeah, we were, we, we were, we were like, Going door to door selling cookies, so we were really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like middle school or something like that. Twelve, thirteen. Yeah, yeah, we were about twelve, thirteen years old. But um, yeah, I mean, I played an eighty-year-old, and I played a femme fatale. I played all kinds of characters that are nowhere near me. <laughs> and, and that is the marvelous <laughs> thing about doing radio. You. You're not seeing that. Uh, you're, as I said, you're not seeing you. You you become these characters, and you basically you act with your voice. You paint the picture. You uh, paint the picture of who you are with your voice, as opposed to physically moving around the stage. And that is a marvelous thing, a wonderful thing. Um, okay, I'm going to go down the list. Um, just tell a little bit about how you feel about doing something like a farce on radio, um, and your and and how. The the quality of it is is special. At least that's how I feel. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just giving <laughs> guidance. <laughs> um, I'll start a uh, different way. Um, Michelle, you first. I don't. I'm not putting words in mouth. You can say what you want. I'm just I'm just asking basically how you feel about doing something like this. Well, it's my first time doing one, and I think it's fun. Um, I, it's fun to do any kind of comedy, but it is a little bit more difficult because there is no facial expressions or hand gestures. But I, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it immensely. So that's great. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really different because you have to have timing with no audience, and all you are using your is your voice. So we actually And a lot of times people, when you're on stage could, you feed off the audience and there's nothing to feed off of. <laughs> exactly. You don't know mm-hmm. where to time or anything and you can only go by your instinct. And I think that's kind of cool. It's a challenge. But I don't how do you feel about that, Michelle? Oh, I'm I I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Challenges <Okay>. are fun. <laughs> um, okay, next, uh Janae. I um, it, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. it. It's fun to do comedy. Comedy is always harder to do to begin with, but it, this this is just 
it, it's fun to do these things that are not traditional or not not serious because a lot of what we do are dramas or horrors and stuff like that. So the comedy is it's fun to do. Um, I've done it on I've done some comedy on stage before, and I've actually done it on uh, on the film before too. So it all the different mediums of actually getting this timing down. And, and each one has, has their own unique uh, challenge for uh, bringing it out, working with other people and, and all. And also there's a different rhythm to each meeting. Than, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've done theater, radio, TV, and film, and each one is a completely different rhythm from the other. At least mm-hmm. that's how I feel. Yeah, at least at least with the radio and, and stage, everything is linear. Yeah, <laughs> Don't, you're not even linear. And sometimes the film you don't have your uh, you don't have your playing off uh, with you either. Sometimes all you got is the camera. So yeah, they, each one does present their own challenges. In, but that's true for all of the acting. Is each of these mediums have their own challenges and anything just voice if if you can like like we can uh create characters and accents and everything we can be so much more when we're doing voice type work which is radio radio plays like this mm-hmm. or, or the voice, voice acting that people do we get to be things that we can't be cast as because we really don't mm-hmm. get apart and so it it opens up a, a wider spectrum of what we can can accomplish as actors when we're dealing with just our voices. And it's it's a great thing to be able to get into a character that you find interesting that you know you couldn't go audition for because yeah 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 oh. you're you're not the right you know you're not the right fit in something right. that's right. You're not the right type. You're not the right size. Not the right age. Not the right gender. Although a lot of girls uh, end up boys in uh, in voice acting because because of our voices, not mature because Mm -hmm. boys having to have that uh, not not that mature male voice. That's true. Um, Okay. Next is Nick. Yeah, I uh, you know for some reason I I never really thought of this as much of a, of a, of a farce as I did like you know more of a sort of situational comedy. I, I think it may be because like in my mind this feels like a group of like close friends that are like you know kind of hanging out, not dissimilar to you know some of those sort of you know '90s sort of sitcom sort of comedies like Friends, where you know you'd have some of these weird and wonderful characters like the kitten character but at least you know for me the the way that uh i i hear the the kind of actors you know creating their characters i i feel like they're playing them in in a more sort of like it's it's comedic because they're playing them in the way that they would play their normal character versus you know in a more over the top uh over the top way but that might just be that might just be me um, because, uh, you know, I, I really like the way it's written and, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like for me, like the comedy is coming from Mark's character 
as he would really feel it. Like, you know, going into, you know, a, a, you know, a woman's house and seeing like all these cats and kind of freaking out with all these statues. It, at first it feels like, you know, an opportunity for him to, you know, to make out with this, uh, with this uh, attractive woman. And then obviously it turns to sort of more horror. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that, that poster, I, that little cat, that's a little tiny cat statue that I have. It's just a cat statue. And uh, when I wrote it, I didn't even own that. And I thought of those big uh, Egyptian cat statues that they had at, like, the Temple oh, yeah. of Isis and stuff like that. That's that. That's that. That's where I got that's it from. That's where the whole concept mm-hmm. came from. But, yeah, the, the part where uh, when you first meet the goddess. <laughs> when when um, Mark meets the goddess, that's a really funny scene. Um, okay, Ray, your turn. How do I feel about doing the forest? I, I find that was the first things I did when I was a kid, when I was uh, started acting was was farcical stuff. I didn't know any better, I don't think. And so this is uh, just a natural thing for me. I I enjoy the the idea of being something different. And as you said earlier about being able to play characters that on stage I would never be able to have the opportunity. Um, and in case an example, in one of Everett's plays, I played a character that, first of all, I was the wrong type. Second of all, uh, I was the wrong age. And so this was uh, an opportunity to play somebody a little bit villainous, a little bit uh, angry, and bring it all together. As far as comedy, as far as comedy, timing is everything. Timing is is everything. You can uh, you can have a, a joke, and it will just lay there if you don't have it in the right frame in the right frame of mind. And I've done I've killed a lot of jokes that way. So yeah. But uh, I think it's really um, it's very important timing in any kind of acting is important, but there's mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> like the timing in comedy. Comedy is the hardest I think. And, and really, in this is we're, we're taking something slightly absurd, and part of the comedy is coming because we're treating it like it's serious uh, for, for the characters. And a lot of times, that, that that brings a lot of comedy just in itself, taking the absurd and making it mm-hmm. and, and and acting like it is perfectly normal is is where a lot of comedy can come from. Mm-hmm. It, so yeah. It, I think that's the essence of comedy, yeah. really. I mean, really good yeah. and, and comedy that's... from that. Yeah, uh-huh. because when you're not allow when when you're not relying on the slapstick styles or the over the top, the, the more subtle comedy is 
it resonates, I think, more with people on average, and I think I think it endears longer too, because it's because you can identify with the characters still, even though it's, it's funny. I mean, and yeah, a lot of the comedy sometimes just comes from the characters. I mean, being being true to the characters. We've all we've all seen. And, uh, we've all seen uh, comedies that have fallen flat on their face because the the actors would take it as a joke. And mm-hmm. what makes it funny is the fact that you uh, you take it seriously and you're, you're acting like this is normal. This is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're coming to the yeah. end of the show. I just want, um, so I wanted to thank you for for being part of the play, my play that I wrote, and so I want to thank you. And uh, it's a baby that I've been nursing for a long time, and um, it's going to go on air on the 15th at 8 o'clock Pacific time. And I just hope we give birth to a good kitten. <laughs> I know, real corny. Um, Sorry. Um, Anyway, I want to see you all. Do you guys have anything else you want to add before we close out? Come see the show. Yeah. Thank you. Nick? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to to do the show. Me too. I'm really I'm really 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 pleased with you all. You all did, are really wonderful in rehearsals, all of you. Um, I think uh, Ray, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, just come see the show. We're, we do it for you. <laughs> Please come. Um, <laughs> Please. Oh, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle? Oh, I'm, I don't have anything to add. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to do it, so. Okay. Today? I'm, I just echo everyone out. And I'm, tune in and, and listen and, and enjoy. I, it, this has been a a fun little play, and I hope everybody enjoys it. Yeah, me too. Um, thank you all, and thank you for chatting, Sherry. <laughs>